here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Check it. Uh. The theme song, The Third Strike, strike plays in the key of life on my mental game system. Listen, my mind free and last. Blast the message, my brain protected by this ironclad. High flyer mask wraps you twisted like a phoenix splash. Still pulling all nighters, still MacGyver, still dropping bombs in sight for like striking, juicing like a. Who gon' stop the rider? Your favorite rapper's a liar. Built a high ladder, but fear of heights got me afraid to climb up. Chronophobia got me watching it till my time's up. I'm clocking in and running from the clock simultaneous. All right, welcome to a special edition of Voices of Wrestling. I'm Rich Krejci, of course. Uh, no Joe Lanza today, but that's fine because we got a very special guest here. We have a member of the legendary, world-renowned Detroit hip-hop group, Clear Soul Forces. We have Novelist in the house. Novelist, what's going on? Yo, yo, what's going on, man? So, yeah, so this is a big uh, big moment for you. You got, uh, you know, by the time most of you guys listen to this, uh, he'll have a new album out, Cerebral Apex. I'll uh, be out. It's, uh, you can get it at novelist.bandcamp.com. So you can get physical CDs. You can get uh, you can purchase downloads there at novelist.bandcamp.com. Also be streaming on Spotify, wherever the hell you get your music from. You'll be able to get that, but Cerebral Apex from Novelist. But, uh, yeah, thank you, for, of course, for coming onto the show. And uh, you can let people know if they, if they don't know who you are exactly, the clear soul forces they're not aware of, um, Novelist and uh, Cerebral Apex, what they can sort of expect from the album. Oh man, uh, yeah, man. I'm from a uh, novelist, Clear Soul Forces. Uh, that's my group. Um, got a solo album coming out tomorrow. Um, I'm real big into anime and uh, you know that kind of culture. So I actually have been writing a manga book for the past two years, and this album is it kind of tells it tells uh, a, a bit of the story that I've been writing, you know, over the past two years and. Um, and it's it's uh, my fiance actually narrates the the story in between songs, and uh, and you know it's just it's a project I've been working on for a while, so I'm excited for it to come out tomorrow. I just dropped a new video today for it uh, for a song called Five AM in Shibuya, so um, check that out. So it's on my YouTube channel. Just type in Novelist on YouTube; it'll come up. <laughs> yeah, it should. No, it's it's an awesome video as well, and I know a lot of our uh, our Japanese wrestling fans will enjoy that. It's got a little bit of references to you know the stuff going on in Japan and whatnot, which is which is great. And that's the thing, big reason why uh, you know I wanted to bring you on the show here because not only am I a fan of uh, Clear Soul Force, and I have been for for quite a while. That's actually when I first stumbled upon you. Is there was somebody in our mentions all the time? We'd be ta- you know talking about Japanese wrestling or whatnot, and I'd see yeah. this person come up with the you know the verified symbol. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. And then it, it was probably like the 15th time I clicked. I was like, oh wait a minute, like holy shit, that's like <laughs> you know I had like one of those. Weird- <laughs> Like, oh man like wow i never had assumed that that would ever cross over because i'm a big you know right. hip-hop uh, underground hip-hop fan and whatnot so i've been i've been following you guys forever and then when i was like holy shit Thanks, he watches japanese wrestling like this is the greatest <laughs> thing in the world like everything matches up but uh no well, we'll get to your wrestling here in a little bit but um I think what's interesting, you know, you talked about the anime, and I think that is one thing for people that if you, if you never checked out Novelist, uh, anything else that you've done, uh, if you go on Spotify, obviously you can listen to all that. You can get the stuff at novelist.bandcamp.com, uh, as we mentioned. But you, a lot of your albums, your solo stuff has all been sort of themed, and a lot of the themes have been, you know, in a way, you know, th- there's been different beat makers that you've sort of done entire albums with, but they seem to always be sort of wrapped around in, in, in anime a little bit. And that, that I found kind of interesting. You know, I'm not a huge anime fan, but I know a bunch of our listeners are. What, what, what's been the biggest, or why do you think maybe you've been 
been able to meld anime and hip hop so closely? And why is that just something that you believe in heavily? And those are two of your favorite things, or do you think that there's some relation between the two art forms that allow you to sort of combine them as as, as well as you do? Uh, I think um, I think more more or less it's it's just two things that I love that I that I combine together. You know, uh, I feel like it's it's kind of the same as um, you know when I do when I drop wrestling uh, lines in my music, um, my group, we just made an interesting thing for ACH. You know, he uses it when he wrestles on MLW. And um, as far as the anime thing for me, I just, I just, I saw, um, I watched, I used to watch Samurai Shampoo. That's like my all time favorite anime. And um, I saw it in high school and it was the first time I really saw anime and hip hop being like bridged together. Because uh, Nujabe is a Japanese producer. He's like, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but he's kind of like the Japanese, like Dylan. Yeah, basically. oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and and he um he did the whole soundtrack for that show. And it's just, and that, it, that show, like, really blew my mind when I saw it for the first time. So it's just always been something that I wanted to try. And it's, and I just kind of, you know, blend two passions that I have together. And it, and it just comes out, you know, how it does. So let's let's talk about a little bit of your history in in in, uh, in hip hop and in the music industry. How did it sort of start? Was it something that you always knew that hey, I was going to be a rapper, or is it something that sort of blossomed later in life? Um, it's, for me, because I grew, I grew up playing sports, man. I played um, I played basketball and football through high school. I had a basketball scholarship. I played in college. I played at the school called Rochester College, um, and and I always made music as kind of like a little side thing, but. The, the older I got, I feel like um, my whole life, like I've always been a good basketball player, but I was never like the best guy on the team. You know, mm-hmm. I was always solid, but I was never the best guy. I was never like the star. And like music was like the one thing in my life where I always felt like I had a, a chance to be like the best guy, you know. And that's kind of when I when I uh, was getting a little older, I started like really, you know, really putting my, my effort into it and really investing myself in it. And that's kind of how, how it came about. I got, I used to do stuff, but it got serious for me, like when I was kind of getting close to getting out of college and stuff. Yeah. And as far as, you know, we mentioned before that you're, you're you know, Clear Soul Forces, you guys are, are, are based in Detroit. And of course, you're based in Detroit as well. Uh, how important was that scene sort of coming up and, and, and getting as, as hot as it was for a while there in your sort of, uh, because had that scene maybe not have, have blown up as much as it did, where you had a bunch of guys come from there, your Elzai's, your Sun Villages or whatnot, growing a little bit. It's obviously, you know, Eminem, of course, you know, kind of the almost in, in some ways the godfather of that entire scene, right. the Detroit hip hop. Had that maybe, was that something that sort of influenced you too, of saying like, hey, look, there's guys from my town that are doing this and doing this on a big stage. And, and, and you know, Royce 59, I forget to mention as well like these big time guys that are doing this did that sort of influence or help you sort of decide hey look i can maybe do this as well um i i don't know if it made me think i could do it myself or my group but the thing that it does do is it detroit is a place where you have like really strong hometown influence like you have guys that have like built this scene but it's it's not like with the exception of like Eminem and like now Royce, there's like underground guys who have like became legends and made a living off of making music, you know. And that, those are the guys that kind of, kind of like give you the the vision that you can do it, you know. Like like your Elzai's and your Slums mm-hmm. and your Dillas and your Guilty Simpsons. Like one time we had went on tour, we were gone for like a month and a half uh, on a tour in Europe, and we came back and on the on the way back 
Guilty Simpson was on our plane, like, you know, flying, <laughs> flying out of Amsterdam and going, coming back to the States. And that was actually my first time meeting Guilty. So it was, it was cool. And he was coming from Russia, you know what I'm saying? So it was like <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. And seeing guys like that, um, even, even producers, man, Black Milk, Apollo Brown, yeah, yeah. uh, those guys are all from, you know, they're all from Michigan, man. Like Michigan is like a, it's, it's so many people, Danny Brown, um, it's just tons of guys that have made it out of this out of this scene and, and done their thing, man. And it's 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 inspiring to say the least, you know. And it does kind of give you that you know that sense that you can do it. I mean, Royce, I'm actually real cool with Royce, man. He's my homie. I, I've um, I was in his studio a lot when he was making uh, Book of Ryan. And I heard, you know, a lot of the songs that he was doing. And he's he's like one guy who, um, as, for as well off as he is and as, as far as he's gotten, he's like has no problem with like letting like letting guys like kind of taking newer guys and younger cats like under his wing and kind of kicking it with them and stuff. So I think it's real dope that he does that. Yeah, and, and and now while while we're on the you know the Detroit scene a little bit, I mean it's 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 without a doubt my favorite of, of the hip hop scenes, and it's been for quite a while as well. Like you said, because of those those guys that you mentioned, the producers as well, the Dilla, the uh, the Black Milk, the Apollo Brown, yeah. those sort of guys. And one thing I love about it, and and, and maybe you could speak to this a little bit too, and, and it kind of plays out to, to your guys, you know, name the Clear Soul Forces or whatnot is there just seems to be a different sort of soul and different rhythm, which makes sense coming from Detroit. You know what I mean? Like that would yeah. be the place where that would absolutely go. But that's always what attracted me to that 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 scene a little bit more is it just felt like music it was just a little bit better than everybody else you know what i mean like that's a sort yeah. of bragging i mean if you want to but it's always just felt like there was a little bit more soul a little bit more character a little bit more oh, yeah. musically there and it, 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 that's what always attracted me to the scene but for people that may not, might not know maybe there's people that just kind of casual listen to hip-hop how would you maybe describe you know not only what you guys do with clear soul forces and what you do as, as as a solo artist but also what that scene sort of encapsulates and why you know not to not to wrap everything into one little thing but i feel like there is just kind of a general idea of like hey this scene sort of sounds this way and and, and you get that with a bunch of scenes you know atlanta for a long time sounded like it did you know obviously new york has its sort of renowned sound but to, to someone that's maybe a casual listener how would you sort of describe you know what you guys do and what the detroit sound in a way sort of is um i think um i really think that detroit's sound is just it's a soul it's just soul man it's just a soulful it's very soulful and i and i think that um it's it's a it's definitely a bar that you have to live up to you know, uh, if you want to make it out of Detroit, um, making hip hop music, um, it's definitely a challenge, and, and you and it's it's a it's a place where I mean, you know, the, it's you got you always have your your hip hop scenes, and then you have like your 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 street, you know, your your uh, I guess like your more popular kind of mainstream type of music that people make. But like, if you want to make it out of you know Detroit the the hip-hop scene i mean it's it's definitely there's there's this bar that you that you have to meet that you measure up to you know you you are it's tough being compared to other people but it's something that people are going to do you know and, and it's out of your control so so when you make music you kind of have to be aware that these are the names that have made it from detroit that you're mm -hmm. going to be compared to and it's a very very you know prestigious like group of guys yeah, so that's, uh, of course, as we mentioned here, we'll get to the uh, the wrestling here in a bit, but uh, new album, uh, Cerebral Apex, coming out uh, August 28th, uh, novelist.bandcamp.com, also streaming uh, wherever you go. Also, I forgot to mention as well, if people want to follow you on Twitter, I mentioned you uh, interacting on Twitter, it's at the novelist, that's uh, obviously T-H-E, -T -H -E, and then N-O-V-E. 
L-I-S-S. So that's at the novelist on Twitter. Um, let's get a little bit to the wrestling now. So, of course, for people that have listened to your, your you know, stuff, and, and that's sort of where, I, you know, I've always listened to your solo stuff and the clear solo, and I've heard wrestling references there, and you know, here and there and whatnot. But like, all right, cool, you, you watch wrestling or whatnot. I didn't know you were as deep as you were. So let's let's get into that because you are as deep as as almost any, you know, rapper that I've talked to. And I've, I've had a few on here that I've talked to. I've talked to Consequence and, and John oh, okay. and other guys. And, they, you know, they, they're, they're, they know they're wrestling. They're hardcore wrestling fans. But, man, you're up at 2 a.m. watching Japanese wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's so you're different you know what i mean like you're, those guys they, they know the wrestling but man you're you're staying up late getting up early doing that sort of stuff how oh, yeah. before we get to that sort of stuff how did you get into wrestling was it something that you just from the from early early days you get into or is it something you got into the attitude era where's sort of your scope of reference for people that might not know and and, and how old are you by the way for people that don't know because that's always good oh, okay. for, for wrestling you know yeah i'm uh i'm 29 man i'm 29 uh i actually first I actually remember the day I started watching wrestling. My um, my mom was uh, my stepdad. Who it wasn't my stepdad at the time. She was just dating him. I was a little. I was a really young kid, and he, he I didn't really like him, and he was trying to like get on my good side. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So I remember he called my mom, and he wanted to talk to me, and I was like, you know, I don't want to talk to him. I was young. I, I was young, man. I was probably like maybe seven or something like that so he and then um he calls and you know i get on the phone and he's like oh man turn it to usa you know and i'm like why and he's like uh vader's breaking yokozuna's leg man you gotta see this and i'm like what you know who's vader i don't know who these guys so then i turned it on and i ended up that was like the first time i watched wrestling and i was like hooked after that um and then you know after that the old you know the older i got i kind of got my own you know taste i shaped my own taste in wrestling like i always tell people that uh like the wcw cruiserweights are what i think made me into like a lifelong wrestling fan yeah no that's that's interesting that you mentioned that because i just talked about that on this last uh episode of a uh, voice of wrestling is that like you know i had watched like in 1994 when i like you said like the kind of the yokozuna yeah I, I do my first wrestling memory is actually yokozuna as well which is pretty interesting oh, I, forget, crazy. Like, I think he was like sitting on i forget he was like sitting on a cloud or something like that that's why i'm like, <laughs> oh, like you know it's fake i'm like well yeah the first time i watched wrestling there was like a sumo wrestler like sitting on a cloud like, <laughs> like yeah i knew it was fake like it's fine i didn't care i enjoyed it anyway but exactly. uh, like, i didn't think that was actually happening that a sumo wrestler was <laughs> a clown, but um so, but then i kind of got away from it you know a little bit like kind of casually watched it and then i remember one time just flipping channels and 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 i turned on nitro and i saw like mysterio or Hoovitude. i forget who it was. oh yeah and like, just being like holy shit this is like nothing i'd ever seen before and then that sort yeah. of became and that sort of as you said kind of shaped me for life and i'm now i'm still to this day like there's people that love their Hulk Hogan's or whatnot. And of course, I like the big heavyweights and that sort of stuff. But give me like, you know, fast paced action over any of those I'm guys. The, yeah, I'm, this, I'm the same way, man. And I think that's where we kind of come up. Like, you know, I mean, if you had started watching in the 80s or whatnot, you would get more, oh, I like, you know, the, the big hulking monsters that have these big right. matches or whatnot. But for me, I'm like, no, man, I want action. I want, you know, quick pace. Exactly. Stuff like yeah. That. So, yeah. So, so it's good that you're, you're, that's, you know, it's interesting that you're kind of similar in that sense. So you said, you know, that that's kind of the cruiserweights got you, got you going. When did you sort of feel like you became like a hardcore? Like, this is the thing now, like, this is the thing that I'm watching a lot. You're doing a lot. Cause that's sort of, there was always that time, especially, you know, you're saying you watched during the nitro and the cruiserweights. I had, you know, a bunch of my friends watch nitro and raw or whatnot. And then there was a way where they kind of went one way and then I went right. the other way and I'm still yeah, that way. Sure. And they're still that way. You know what I mean? But that's like, a, cause everybody watched it at the same man. time. But then you had to, there had to be a moment where you were like, Nope, this is my thing. And I'm watching this. Forever. Yeah. Oh, uh, I I think, honestly, man, because, I mean, I grew up, you know, obviously watching it all the time, every Monday. Uh, my mom used to let me order a couple pay-per-views a year. Uh, I want to say that 
kind of, I guess when you get old enough to like who you like and not who they tell you to like, you know what I mean? So, like, the thing that I think made me into a really big wrestling fan was, like, when WWE had bought everything and, you know, everything had kind of became, like, just bunched up in WWE and everybody was there. I watched it for a while, but once, like, 2005 rolled around, that's when I started to watch other stuff. You know, like the, I remember I had a friend who showed me Ring of Honor when I was like, man, 2005, I don't know how old I would have been, but I was a teenager in 2005, and I had a friend who showed me Ring of Honor, and the first Ring of Honor match I ever saw was Kenta versus Lowkey. Oh, jeez, he came like, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, so, so like, and that's like the style that I love, like, I love Japanese strong style, I love Japanese wrestling, and I think that that is what really kind of shaped my taste in wrestling made me be like oh there's stuff outside of of this oh man you know like i'm i'm constantly looking this stuff up you know and then you know another thing i forgot to mention is i had a, a buddy i used to love ecw right i grew i was i used to stay up to like three in the morning watching ecw yeah i did um, the same i had to watch it on like there was a gear yeah, the channel that i had to watch yep. it like three i'm on yeah it was like <laughs> it was a super random uh, channel out here in michigan that i used to watch it on there rob van dam was my favorite wrestler and I think the the guy who really made me start um, like a Japanese wrestling was Hayabusa, man. He there was a match. It was Rob Van Dam and Sabu versus uh, Hayabusa and um, oh, what's my man? Saki, right? Uh, Saki. Yeah, Jensei Shinsaki, Yeah, and that match and that and I had a friend whose dad was a big wrestling fan, so he would like do the tape trading thing, and he gave me a tape that had some Hayabusa matches on it, and that that's probably what really you know made me like oh my god this is this is i love this you know what i'm saying and i just never i just never stopped whenever wwe got crappy i just would branch out and find other stuff yeah and, and you mentioned a little bit about you know the guys that you mentioned that that, that sort of stuck out to you the low keys the high boosts and whatnot were you watching uh, anime at this time as well like has that was that kind of a lifelong thing like again i'm not a huge anime guy so i, I won't unfortunately right. get, like too deep into that but uh was that did that influence a little bit of your decisions on who you liked in, in wrestling and what sort of action you liked as well I th- oh definitely man. I started watching anime when I was like probably like ten. Uh, my uncle was always getting like weird Japanese stuff, you know, and <laughs> video games and whatnot. So I was I was watching anime, and I do think that that had something to do with it because I just have always loved like Japanese stuff and culture, and and like I've always been into martial arts, and I always like all my favorite wrestlers are Japanese guys. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think that definitely had had something to do with it for sure. Yeah, and so like you said, no, now you've seen like the Hayabusa's, you've seen the Ring of Honor, you've kind of gone that way and 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 branched out. And you mentioned a few of those, you know, uh, as far as like modern wrestling, you know, how did you sort of get into? Because I know you're pretty big in New Japan for wrestling now uh, these days. When was you, you said the Hayabusa got you a little bit into to, to you know Puro? When did you really decide on and really start consuming a lot of it? Was it around the 2011, 2012, and a lot of us got in, or like when did when did you really start consuming? You know, not, not only New Japan but any sort of Japanese wrestling. Right. Oh. Uh... Well, the first, the first tape that I ever got, uh, you know, tape trading with people was, uh, uh, it was uh, Super J Cup, uh, 94. Yeah, that's nine, the 90, yeah. yeah, it was Super J Cup. Obviously, Hayabusa was in it. I knew who he was before that because I had um, got the, the tape from uh, 
it was a later it was later material that I got, but when I got Super Jacob, I had already knew who he was. And I think watching that man and just seeing like like Liger and and um you know Ultimo Dragon and Sasuke and all those guys that I think when I watched that that's when I was like you know I love it but it was still hard to find uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't I think probably about the same I started watching New Japan oh probably more All Japan like early two thousands and like pro wrestling Noah because I really followed Kenta for a long time and then uh, so I was probably watching that in like two thousand around two thousand eight. You know, 2007, 2008. And then I didn't watch WWE for like a couple years. And then I got, I actually didn't really jump into New Japan hardcore until AJ got there. So that was like, what, 2014? Uh, yeah, 13, 14. I forget it off the top yeah. of my head exactly when you got so in there. So. I, yeah, I found out about like New Japan uh, World. And I that's when I started faithfully watching New Japan it was like 2014. That's interesting that you mentioned. I'm glad that you said that you, you were watching the Noah and the All Japan and that sort of stuff. Because that, that, you know, for a lot of us, that's when... Because for me, you know, the, when I really started getting hardcore into it was the 2011, 2012. But, you know, the, yeah. the Noah and, and All Japan and what's not. And I would watch a little bit of it because I have to, like, download it. It was impossible. You know same, what I mean? Yeah, like, same here. So, like, I had what to was your source? Because everybody had their little, like... Were you, like, a mega upload guy? Or were you, like... Because mm-hmm. uh, everybody had their weird, like, torrents or whatnot. Yeah. What was yours? Was... No one's going to come at us. for. You know, <laughs> you know, I think we'll be fine. I was... I was always a mega upload guy because I was afraid of, I always was scared to use torrents for some reason. And I actually had a homie, I had a homie who was like the torrent master too, but I just never, I, for some reason I thought they were worse than, because like mega upload, it was like, it was like the zip file, you know, and you could, and it was like kind of more straightforward than like the whole torrent thing. And I would just, I don't know, and torrents would download so fast. And it would kind of like scare me because I'd be like, I'd be like, why is this downloading so fast? Like, what else do I have to do to it? You know, like mega upload, it's taking forever. So like, you kind of knew that what you that the thing you were actually wanting was there, I guess. So like, I was always afraid to use like torrent sites. So I was like, yeah, mega I'm upload guy. Yeah, it's only been like recently that I've I've, I've embraced a little bit more of the torrent. But yeah, I used right. to be the mega upload, which was the worst too, because like we always talk about that in wrestling. <laughs> like, you know, it was like, oh, in, in 15 hours, like I cannot wait to watch this and then yeah you exactly go to, school, <laughs> you go to sleep you come back and the download stopped and you're like oh, and it's exactly it's something happened to it and then you gotta do it again <laughs> like, oh, damn, man, it's like, like no the kids don't know though you know these kids go in the new japan world and they're you know all japan tv yeah. they don't i don't know hd they get to watch in hd and everything <laughs> i don't know what it used to be like but uh no it's interesting that you mentioned those sort of guys um I'm glad you mentioned all Japan and, and Noah really attracted you, and 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 Kenta. We'll talk a little bit about him as well because I think he's a guy that that really uh, caught me by my, caught my eye as well, and was one of the big guys that I became a big fan of. I know Joe, who I do the Voice Wrestling podcast with. It's one of his top five wrestlers of like all time. Like maybe his. Yeah, he's he's in my top, top. He's in my top five too. Yeah, yeah, he's just incredible. What what was it that kind of attracted you to him? Was it the, I? I mean, there's so much about him that I, I you know we probably all have the same thing. But what is it about Kenta that made right. you kind of stand up and go, "Holy crap!" Like, oh man. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm not a very big guy. I'm like five nine, five ten, and just him being like a shorter guy. And he was like the first. I told you the first Kenta match I saw was Kenta versus Low Key. So yo, you know what I'm saying? Like just seeing this cat just literally just beat the hell out of other guys, <laughs> and just the like his his his. 
I I think the thing that really like he had that combo he used to do, man, where it would be like two slaps, and a little back fist, and then the the roundhouse of the face, and then he would do the like he had that combo, and I just that was the first time I saw striking on that level. I mean, low key was impressive too, but just. I think it's just the striking, man. Like, I love, like I said before, I love Japanese strong style. And he was the first guy I saw that just had, like, crazy martial arts in his, in his like, his, like, offensive repertoire. And it it just changed my whole perspective on wrestling. Yeah, he's incredible. Have you ever gotten a chance to see him live? No, man. Oh, I've never got to see him live. Good experience. Well, hopefully one day he'll... uh return to the wrestling world i would like to i don't acknowledge yeah. whatever he does now so. yeah i don't i don't either i don't either so it's sad all right i i compare him to i compare him to uh derrick rose man because i just think we got cheated out of his yeah you know we got cheated out of his like his his prime on the big stage man like he got to nxt he got hurt obviously i know they probably you know softened up his style a little bit but i just think his injuries like just ruined his time here so i, I kind of want him to go back you know <laughs> yeah one day he'll be a no he'll day. be going in a few weeks maybe he'll yeah i'll we'll, we'll, we'll be awesome to see him right back i would <laughs> love that that'd be awesome just different guy i would love that other guys but uh yeah so who are you so we mentioned kenta we, as one guy we mentioned hayabusa as one low-key was another one who are some other favorites that you have in terms of uh you know past present and and and, and current oh man uh present i'll just do like uh my my all time like top five has been the same for you know the last like 10 years so i don't think it's gonna change it's uh rob van dam aj hayabusa ultimo dragon and kenta man that's like my top five now obviously i love uh kenny omega i love tessie Unido. um i'm a big uh I'm i'm a big jay lethal fan uh I'm a big um, Alistair Black fan. He's I loved him before he came to you know WWE. Um, uh, love Kota Ibushi. Um, that's probably my top five now. Um, but yeah, Naito man, I love Tetsuya Naito. I think that dude is is awesome. I actually liked him before he was uh, you know doing the whole Lij thing. Yeah, he started, Stardust, Stardust Genius. Genius. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just saw he start. He's so smooth, man. He's so his. He's got some – he just does some things better than a lot of people, man. He's awesome. I love Naito. Yeah, no, Naito Naito's the best. Uh, as far as – you know, and, and this is one thing that kind of comes up as as we've mentioned a little bit earlier. You know, you, you kind of diverged, as you said. Like, you had a bunch of friends that were watching everything, Attitude Air and whatnot, and they kind of went there. And then you yeah. became a hardcore fan. Is that still today, or do you do you find that you have a bunch of buddies that will watch it with you and, and, and sort of uh, you know interact and, and, and maybe come over to watch a show or whatnot? Oh, it's it's crazy, man. Because it is like that. Like a lot of my homies don't watch wrestling anymore. Um, so it's like I'm always like going through this, you know, trying to trying to find people to to watch it with. And I've actually, you know, through through fans like discovering that I like wrestling, I've actually been to some shows. Like I went um, and ran into some some fans that were fans of my music, and we became like homies, you know, off of off of the wrestling. So that's been been dope. But yeah, it's the same. I got none of my friends. They either only watch WWE or <laughs> are they, um, you know, which is fine. But I hate. I can't stand. I can't talk wrestling with them because it it drives me nuts and I'll get mad and I can't. I can't do it because I'm. 
because just the way that I am, I'm, I'm just, I love pro wrestling, right? So I'm never, like, sports entertainment, is just, it's never going to be my vibe. You know, it, it's fun uh, to a certain point, you know what I'm saying? But I'm always going to prefer watching two, two guys that are just, like, phenomenal wrestlers in the ring, you know, doing their thing over two crazy larger-than-life characters, and they're having a... 10 minute rest hold match you know that gets I, that yeah. doesn't that ends in a dq or something like i, I can't I, I can do it but it upsets me so no i and i have probably I have a pretty similar experience as well i have, a, I have a, a, a decent group of friends now that have sort of gotten a little bit more hardcore into you know japanese they'll watch independent shows and whatnot but i still have my other core group of friends they're like like you mentioned the guys that just watched WWE, and the worst is like they'll complain about it a lot too and i'm like well there's other stuff like you know, oh man that's, that's the worst, worst thing ever. and i'm like come on like here's other that's stuff. the worst like, thing i know what and you mean and here you go they just uh, so you, you have a similar experience then too oh yeah and then and then i'm like dude it's you can even watch it like it comes on access tv you can watch it on Friday, (laughs) like you have to. It's not like how it used to be, man. Like you don't have to go searching for it. Like you can literally just turn it on and watch it. Look some highlights up on YouTube. You know, like one. But I do think that um, even though the Omega Okada match at Wrestle Kingdom isn't my favorite of their uh, matches, I do think it's the most important one because that is the match where I got a lot of people to start watching New Japan. I had, I got about four or five of my homeboys to start watching New Japan, and they watch it now, and it's because of that match. Yeah. You know, like, that was the match where I was like, all right, this is it. You you got to start. You got to watch. <laughs> you have to watch. No, no more no more saying you're going to do it. Like, you got to watch this match tonight. You have to watch it. Here's the link. Like, you got to watch And... You know, so I think that that was like one of the I think that was like one of the most important matches like in the history of wrestling, because I think it it's allowed them to do the things they do, like come here and sell out these venues like that match turned a lot of people on to to Kenny and, you know, the rest of New Japan. Yeah, and you mentioned Kenny Omega, and I, I think we'll talk a little bit about him as well because he is so, I, in some ways, I pretty similar to you know for anybody that's listened to your music or or followed you on Twitter knows that obviously the, the as you said the anime is, is a big part yeah. of, of a lot of what you do the the entire stuff of Japanese culture like we just said five AM and Shibuya is the new video that just came out like oh, yeah. just brimming with you know just, just you know stuff with Japan and I think that's one thing that I think and, and I'm the same way of why I've always sort of been attracted to Kenny Omega in a lot of ways because he's a dude who I kind of wish I could be him I just wish I could just like yeah. go and just be you know, just be kind of like, but I cut, you know what I mean? Like I'm too scared to do it or whatnot. Right. I'm like, ah, you know, yes, I got the stuff here, but like he has just embraced it. And has that been a big part of why you sort of enjoyed Kenny Omega as well? Because he is, he is in a lot of ways, sort of a conduit to like North Americans. We look, or at least this is how I sort of interpret him. And I look at him and I'm like, man, this guy's just in the culture. And it's awesome. Cause it's a, it's a really awesome culture and really fun thing to get involved with. But yeah, he's, he's, as deep in it in a lot of ways. And, and like you, you're similarly in, into it pretty deep in terms of doing the anime and, and the references. And, and like you said, you know, I've, of course you've traveled to Japan a few times as well, but like, yeah, is, is that one of the things that sort of attracted you to Kenny Omega besides the awesome wrestling? I was, of course, he's a great wrestler, but sort of the character and the human being of Kenny Omega, is that a big part of what sort of attracted you to him? Oh man, I, man, conduit. That was, that was such a, a good word to use <laughs> to describe him. Like, see, like it, it, I definitely think so, man. Like he's, just you see this guy who's from Winnipeg, you know, Canada, and he's completely just like 
soaked up the Japanese culture, and he he like he's he's like. I mean, you could say that he's. I'm not gonna. Say, I, he's the face of New Japan for American people. Like you know, yeah. and it's like. And I mean, you could even argue. I mean, obviously Tanahashi, Okada, Naito, but you can argue that he's the face of New Japan. You know, and it's like it's crazy because this here's this guy who's from Canada, and he's this white guy, but he's like the dude will cut a promo in Japanese. Like you know, his 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 like storied like partner is is Kota Ibushi, and they're like so close, and it's just like seeing him. I love that, man. Like, I love seeing somebody be a foreigner, but not necessarily be a foreigner, you know? Like, he's he's a foreigner, but they he's, like, loved there, and he's and he carries himself like he belongs there, and it's and I love that about him. Yeah, and, and you know, I mentioned a little bit about you traveling to Japan. How many, how many times have you been there? I only – I've been one time, man. Oh. I, I went – yeah, I went <laughs> in Jan – I went in January, and I was there for a week. I had did uh, – I had went out there and did two shows with a uh, mega ran and that trip, like, man, it just blew my mind. Like, I, I don't know if you know, but we got to go to wrestle kingdom. Uh, I was going so to ask, I was going to ask any live shows that you went to. So you went to wrestle kingdom. I'm very jealous. I went to, yeah. I went to wrestle kingdom 12. Cause it was like, they were bringing us out there to do these shows. And I'm like, dude, man, can you please like try to give me a wrestle kingdom ticket? Like, I don't even care where the seat's at. You yeah. Know? Right, like, right. I just want to go. There. Yeah. And they, and they give me a ticket, man. And it was that it was crazy. That was the night, uh, you know, obviously Kenny and, uh, and Jericho and, and the, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was really, I don't want to say disappointing, but I wanted Naito to win really bad. And the entire Tokyo Dome wanted Naito to yeah. win. <laughs> we all did. Oh, we all man. thought it. We all thought it. Yeah. And, and when he lost, like, I, I mean, the fans, they like Okada. You know, they respect him. But when Naito lost that match, man, that place, it was so awkward. Like, everybody was like, wait, what? You know, like, hold on. <laughs> the whole place wanted him to win, and he just didn't win. It was it was weird. Now, did you you plan that that tour for January fourth, right? There's no way that was just a coincidence, was it? The Mega <laughs> Ran, I, I really don't know because I know Mega Ran had had uh, he kind of was setting it all up, and I honestly think that it just kind of fell because we didn't do a show that night, but we were out there like yeah, yeah. that was like a free day for us, so it was. So I honestly think it just like ended up like that which yeah, it is, seems a little too perfect though I don't yeah know. <laughs> it was it was it was crazy it was yeah, how excited were you to know that like hey i'm gonna be there and then wrestle like that i can't even imagine like how that's like the perfect yeah it was i was i was really excited man like it was and <laughs> it was that was like it was one of the best experiences of my life like it like um just that trip alone really inspired like my almost my entire album that's coming out tomorrow um just being there, I wrote. I actually wrote a lot of music when I was there too. Um, just being around the culture, man. Being around the people out there, it was really like some life life changing experience for me. So maybe describe a little bit because you know there's a lot of our listeners who have not yet been to Japan, myself included, uh, yeah. for for a show. And obviously, like there's a difference of going to like a Korkin show or going to some you know just kind of arena show, and then the Tokyo Dome. But still, it's 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 still the same experience. Describe because you have you been to shows and you've been to shows in like North America, of course, right? Yeah, 
I love how, how, do they, how do they differ in terms of stuff? Because I know that there's people always say that there's like, you know, this sort of thing is a little bit different, this sort of thing. What did, did you notice anything totally different about like, hey, the crowds are way different or, or this is a little bit different other than, of course, being, you know, in a different country. But was there a different way that they sort of approached being a crowd at a wrestling show? Um, I will say like one just like a, one visual thing that I really noticed was like they the Tokyo Dome was so packed that they they don't sell merch inside like they sell merch outside. So the the merch line was like ridiculous. I took a picture of it. It was so many people and they have like this this huge like area where they sell all this all this merchandise and and the line was like so it was ridiculous. So they they don't sell any merch indoors. Um I mean like the Japanese crowds it's kind of it's kind of you know what what you used to see uh when you watch tapes like they kind of are quiet but it's not it's not like the the WWE quiet where the fans just don't give a damn about what's <laughs> going on. It's like they're locked in, you know, like they're they're quiet because they're they're focused and they're like watching the match. You know what I mean? It's that kind of quiet. And and um and then when something you know when something sweet happens, they go nuts. You know, the last ten minutes of of the match where they start teasing finishes and stuff, like they really go crazy. Um, that was cool. And then uh, one thing I think is funny though, I I love. I don't know if you can hear it, but like I love how sometimes Japanese fans will just shout out the person's name. That yeah, they, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and they do that a lot. So that I thought that was that was kind of cool, and and it's funny to me when they do that. But other than that, man, yeah, it's just they just watch it, they pay attention to it, man. Like they don't, you don't see a lot of people on their phones and stuff. Like while the show's happening, they're all paying attention and watching the matches. So. I, I, it was for me. I mean, I love wrestling, so it was super dope being around. You know that crowd of people. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds awesome. One one day I'll go. I, I don't know when. <laughs> I don't know when I want to go. But <laughs> so, do you have any plans to go to go back anytime soon, or, or, or check out? You know, if you're gonna go back, go to you know multiple shows or whatnot, or check out different companies and, and whatnot. Um, I've been been talking it out, man. I've been I've been working it out. I met a couple promoters when I was out there, and. Megaran's been talking about trying to set something up because uh, I got an album coming out. He's got um, something coming out soon, and me and him have a show in Chicago actually on Thursday. And hmm. uh, we've been we've been talking <laughs> about see you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and me and him been talking about uh, you know kind of trying to link up and do something else. So hopefully, hopefully it happens soon. That's awesome. Yeah, like I and, and that's you have a you have a nice benefit of like I can't like. You know, my work will never take me to Japan or what I've tried. I've tried. I, I think because uh, I, I work for a fitness company and I've noticed okay. in, like the background of pictures that they use some of our equipment at the New Japan Dojo. It's like one oh, it's like old ass equipment. It's like old as hell. Or whatever, you know, because right. I mean, I'm sure it's not updated. You know, what I mean, it's a dojo. It can't be too nice or whatnot. So I've always I've been like, trying to angle a way to be like, hey, I'll go over there. And t-. Like they're not going to send me over there. <laughs> but you have you have the benefit. Your job can maybe take you there. So that's that's pretty awesome. Right. You're able to do that. But uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the hip hop, of course, again here as we as we kind of come to a come to an end but like you know when you said that you were sort of starting you know because I, I i think i read an interview as well that like when you guys started kind of going with clear souls forces you started really getting into hip-hop you were still in school right so you were still like going to basketball games and coming back and doing tours and going yeah. back and forth right like so it was you were kind of doing the work life balance there for a little while right oh yeah for sure i had um there was a time um there was a time one uh one time where we had a show in Brooklyn. It was actually the first time I had ever been on a plane uh, by myself because we had, we we drove there 
but I had my national tournament like the next day. So I had to, they flew me back home by myself so I could get on the bus with my team and go to the national tournament. So like we had the show in Brooklyn and then I came back and then like my plane got there kind of late. So my whole team's like waiting for me and then I get there and, you know, I made it and went to the tournament. But yeah, there were some times where I was doing a lot of, a lot of traveling and still going to class and, you know, still trying to get my degree. So it, it was the last like two years of my school was like really hectic. <laughs> well, when then, then when you were able to graduate from school, were you able to kind of do the, 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 the hip hop, or were you able to do like the rapping and the, and the, and the music full time? Or was it somewhere you had to also kind of work a job as well? I did. I graduated. I got my degree, but I, um, I did, I was doing it. I didn't have to, when I had, uh, cause you know, I got two kids. I got, uh, my son's eight, my daughter's four. Mm-hmm. Um, when I just had my son, like I was good. I didn't really, I didn't have to have a job. I was, I was doing, I was doing good. We had done, done a couple of tours. We were making some decent money, you know, and then I had my daughter and, and, um, just, you know, I got a, I got to be able to do what I got to do. So I got a job. Um, so now I do it, you know, I do both. Hopefully I'm hoping I can quit my job soon. Uh, that's always <laughs> been my plan. That's always been my plan. You know, I hate working, but <laughs> eventually, hopefully, you know, soon I'll be able to get out of there. That's, that's a nice dream. Yeah. And then you can, they yeah, can man. tour the world and <laughs> go to as many Japanese wrestling shows as you want. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but no, that's uh, awesome one thing stuff. I will say though, one thing I will say about my job is even though I hate it, they, <laughs> they do, um, they know, you know, what I do and they know that I travel a lot. So they, they like, whenever I had to do something, they literally just let me go and, you know, and I come back and they let me get back, get back to work in there when I come back. So that's always, that's always hard to find. So that's, that's something cool that I do enjoy about that place. Okay. So we'll give them a little bit of credit then. They at least let you right. go. <laughs> <laughs> do that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, as, before we get out of here, we'll, we'll do uh, one more wrestling question here. What, what are you sort of looking forward to for the rest of the year? We got 2018 has been a very busy year. We have obviously just wrapped up the G1. Uh, what are you expecting for the rest of the wrestling year in, in terms of new Japan or any sort of wrestling that you're watching? Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff on, on the line in 2018. God only knows where it's going to go. And, and this has definitely right. been a, an interesting summer and an interesting spring. So yeah, what are you sort of looking forward to for the rest of the year? Um, really looking, man. I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, on the on the better side of things. I'm looking forward to Kenny Omega's title run. Um, I really, I think he needs. Um, I, I don't want his title run to be like ridden with Bullet Club stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because he's obviously a phenomenal wrestler. So I think he's, I like, I think he's finally about to get some some really dope uh, defenses. Like Ishii, that match is gonna be nuts. Um, and 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 I'm really obviously always looking forward to Wrestle Kingdom, but I'm I'm looking forward to that. I actually really want Tanahashi to uh, keep the briefcase because I think I think Tanahashi versus. I mean, I, I think everybody wanted to see Ibushi Omega, but I think. If you're gonna keep Kenny in New Japan and pass the torch, like there's no better match to have at Wrestle Kingdom than him and, and Tanahashi. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to what Neville does, man. I love Neville. He finally got out of his uh, WWE contract, so I'm really excited to see where he's gonna, you know, pop up at. I'm hoping he pops up in New Japan. Um, and I mean. I love AJ Styles. Like I said, he's like one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He's like, if not my favorite, he's my second favorite. And I'm 
just hoping that his title run picks up some steam. You know what I'm saying? I mean, him and Joe had a dope match at SummerSlam. I hated the ending, but I think that his him being involved with Joe, I think is going to be dope. And NXT, man, they, they got, you know, they keep signing people. They have a loaded, crazy roster right now. So I'm just excited to see what, you know, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee and those guys do in NXT. So it's a lot, you know, a lot that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and, and, and you mentioned G1 a little bit there. Were you able to keep up with all of G1, or did you kind of skip oh, some man. It's tough. It's a grind, man. I, <laughs> so I don't know. It's a, it's a grind. Um, I felt like, I'm going to be honest, I, I, I watched every single B-Block match. I didn't watch all the A-Block matches, but it, I felt yeah. like... Uh, <laughs> right. I felt like B-Block was, like, way... I felt like they were, like, really unbalanced. You know? Like, B-Block had... Kenny and, and, and Naito and, and Ibushi and Hiroki Goto, who I love. He's like one of my favorite wrestlers. I love Goto. And Hiroki Goto and Juice Robinson and, and, Saber and, and <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. and Sonata and Ishii. Yeah, it was like, a, it was damn. I saw, yeah, yeah when, it, when it came out, I remember I, saw, I actually saw the B-Block one first uh, a few months back. And I was like, holy, you know, damn, who's going to be in A-Block? You know, and then, I mean, obviously, Tanahashi, dope, Okada, dope, you know, um, but it, I felt like they weren't very balanced, and then I also felt like um, they, I felt like there were some guys I really wanted to see that weren't there, like, I really wanted Jeff Cobb to be in G1, you know, I really wanted, um, I think there's somebody else I wanted to see in there, too, but I've always, I've always wanted Jay Lethal to, to wrestle in New Japan more, I love Jay Lethal, and this was before he won the title, and I just thought that he needed to do something else outside of Ring of Honor. So I thought it would have been dope if he would have, you know, been in G1 as like a surprise entry. But, um, but yeah, G1 was crazy this year. As, as a whole, it's probably the best one I've ever seen. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm with you, though. I, I would love a little bit more of because it used to be a few years ago. Uh, you'd get a little bit more of the other guys in there, and their roster is so big now that like I feel like they yeah. feel like they have to have guys. But I love like when Marufuji came in that one year. That was like yeah, the greatest thing exactly. ever. Every match yeah, he had was different Marufuji. and unique or whatever. So that was uh, and then like yeah, he had just some incredible matches up and down the block. And yeah, I used to get those like outsider guys, and for you know a few years now they've kind of just been the normal dudes, you know, just the normal guys you see all the yeah. time. But yeah, I would love like, Jeff Cobb seems like a perfect. Right. Uh, for that too but uh yeah no you, you didn't miss much of the eight blocks so don't worry you just missed a bunch of like you know right <laughs> boring uh, i yeah, mean i watch i watch all tanahashi i watch all tanahashi's matches i love uh, yeah that, so i watch all right, shit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and otherwise uh you didn't need all that much so, no that's that's awesome stuff so uh yeah before we get out of here do you want to let everybody know again where they can uh, follow you on on twitter where they can follow your music uh and then sort of the last little plug for uh cerebral apex coming out uh as by the time everybody listens to this yeah, man. Uh, follow me on Twitter, man. Uh, the Novelist, T H E N O V E L I S S. I talk about. I love talking about wrestling with fans and, and uh, other people. So I'm, I'm like, I'm real active on Twitter, man. I love, you know, I like to. I just like sharing the stuff that I'm interested in on there, um, and hopefully finding other people that are interested in the same thing. Uh, my new album, man, Cerebral Apex. It'll be out. You know, by the time you guys check this out. Um, you can get it at novelist.bandcamp.com. Uh, it'll be on all streaming sites, you know, whatever, whatever you stream music on, you can get it there. Um, and, uh, you can follow me on Instagram too, man, uh, at novelist CSF. Um, and I'm on there a lot too. So check out the album. New video just came out today. 
and uh, that's it. Peace. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on to the show, and we'll uh, we'll have to do this again sometime soon. Yeah, man. I'm a big fan of you and you guys, and uh, thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. Sure. That is Novelist again, as we mentioned, novelist.bandcamp.com or wherever uh, you can stream your music, Spotify and all the other good stuff. Cerebral Apex coming out August 28th or by the time most of you guys listen to this. Uh, uh, we'll see you next time on the Voice Wrestling Podcast. Take care. Power and speed, I mastered the craft of battle here. 450 splash, I'm jumping out of the atmosphere. On a voice to be the best in the world while I'm suplexing y'all. Catching one piece from Luffy, the rest of the turnbuckles in the flyweight. Been on this road so long that I became a cruiserweight. These exclusive elusive to the point I got the title belt for keeping tracks looping. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.